Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Victory Point Podcast. This is Dwight Beal. It is January 6th, and I am here with Brian Reese. And Brian, Thursdays are, we call them Thankful Thursdays. Okay. <laughs> so is there anything in the last week in particular, the last seven days that you can think of that you're particularly thankful for? I think I'm thankful for I've been a Christian for a long time since I was 16, and I've gone through you know the highs and lows mm-hmm. of, of um, the, the spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. But the last few years, I've been so busy with work and with travel that Christmas was just something you got through. Mm-hmm. And I'm slowing down now in my mm. career, and so I'm taking more time to reflect. And so one of the things I'm thankful for is really this is the first time I've gone through the Christmas season in a long time and really focused on the reason for the season, hmm. not the gifts, not the parties, mm-hmm. not the hosting mm-hmm. duties that we have as a family, but on the fact that this is where God came down to pay the price mm-hmm. that we could never pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's been a, a more joyous, joyous and comfortable Christmas, I think, because of that. I love it. And then I'm thankful for the fact that our garage door broke. We just bought a brand new house. You're thankful that your garage door no, broke? I'm <laughs> thankful that they finally got us out because it happened on Christmas Eve and they were closed on Christmas Eve and the entire holiday weekend. So literally we had – our cars were trapped in our garage for oh, four no. days. <laughs> so we finally got out yesterday. <laughs> okay. So I'm thankful for that. So how did you get around for four days? We didn't. My daughter came home from college, and so she had her car outside of the garage. Oh, okay. And so we were able to, when we had to, we, yeah, gotcha. we took her car. But uh, yeah. for the most part, we just stayed home and took long walks. Okay. Well, let's jump into today's passage. It'll be Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. And this is the passage that Pastor Matt preached out of You know, this last Sunday. So a lot of it will feel reminiscent of that. But let me just pray, Lord, may the words of our mouths today and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, because you're our rock and you're our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means the least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was." 
When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Such a cool passage, isn't it? So what did you pull out of this? Well, some of them were just kind of silly questions, but you know, here are these Magi that we don't really know much about. Mm-hmm. How did they know that this thing in the this one of a 10 billion stars in the sky referenced something important, you know? And how did they know specifically that it referenced the king of the Jews? Right. And I did a little bit of research into this one, uh-huh. and at least people that are way more learned than me were saying that um, th- these they weren't even Jews. They they were just really knowledgeable people that were trying to foretell what was going to happen right. in the future, and yep. they may have studied this Old Testament scriptures so that they could help interpret things. And okay. I think God just revealed it to them. I don't really understand how else. I kind of think that as well. Like God gave them a word of knowledge. Because how else would they say, oh, there's a star in the sky. The king of the Jews must have just been born. Right. And let's go follow it for 2,000 miles (laughs) (laughs) until it finally stops. (laughs) Right. And that's a mystery, too. It says it stopped over the house where the child was. Right. Which implies that the star was moving. Yes. And was low enough to the ground to where, you know, otherwise it would be over an entire region or city. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's stuff that we won't understand till we get to heaven, but right. it's kind of cool to think about how it happened. Yeah, two or three days into our time in heaven. <laughs> hey, God, about, about that star. Yeah. Talk to us about that. <laughs> how did that work? <laughs> uh, and I'm curious, were they the only ones who saw it? Or did everybody see it? They just didn't know what it was for. Yeah. We don't, we don't know that either. Right. <laughs> what else do you got there? Um, just that... Uh, you know, talks about the fact that um, Herod was troubled. Mm-hmm. It, I think greatly troubled is the the words. But you know, he must have thought of this as a threat. You know, because absolutely the Jews thought that the king of the Jews was going to be a ruler that was going to set them free. Right. And so he looked at this as a big problem. Which it's kind of funny how you know he's trying to play the the magi. Oh, he's totally manipulating them. Yeah, and. Uh, and, you know, God overcame that. That's right. So having just been to Israel, I saw something that I never knew about before. One of Herod's palaces and fortresses, he built these fortress palaces because he was a megalomaniac. And so he was afraid that the Jews would turn on him or afraid that the Romans would turn on him. So he's just got all of these fortified palace fortresses. And one of them is called the Herodium, which is just south of Jerusalem, and it's right next to Bethlehem. So he, he literally built this. It's a man-made mountain. So it took years to build this mountain, and on the top of the mountain is his palace. And from that palace, he could see down into Bethlehem. Wow. Right? So Jesus was literally born in the shadow of, of Herod, you know, and the, this Herodium. So if you go on to read past our Bible reading today, he sends his Roman guards in there to, to murder every Hebrew child two years and younger. Right. So his watchful eye was on this little town. 
yet God's plan can't be thwarted because right. he, he got them out of Dodge. Got them out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much in this story. I, as I was digging around a little bit, I was reminded that the actual translation of Bethlehem is house of bread. I never knew that. Isn't that cool? The Hebrew yeah. for Bethlehem is house of bread. This is where David was born and where Jesus was born. And Jesus is the bread of life. He was born in the house of bread. Uh, yeah, isn't that wow. cool? That is very cool. <laughs> so here's a question for you, Brian. It says they opened up their treasures and they gave him gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, were you in church this last Sunday? I was, but I don't remember. <laughs> so, Okay, I don't want to put you on the spot <laughs> Thank here. Thank you. Uh, but one of the cool things Matt talked about was how these magi from the East give this infant gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know, what's he going to do with those? And yet, God knew that within days, probably, they were going to have to flee to Egypt. And now they have some gold right. to pay for their trip. Right. And that was in my studies that kind of came out. Was it? Is that, that, you know, they're guessing, but that they could have easily used these gifts to help them travel. Right. And survive. Yeah. Frankincense was this rich perfume, you know, that was probably very expensive. And myrrh was this spice that they would use for embalming people, you know, and so, which was probably very expensive as well. So they were probably just, just giving things that they knew were were valuable and were valuable to them. But it made me think, how do I open up my treasures? What what are my treasures? And how do I open them up and give them to Christ? Because that was their act of worship, right? Right. It says that they bowed down and they worshiped and then they opened up their treasures. So Brian, what are your treasures? Well, I've been blessed financially. Okay. Um, I mean, not compared to other people here in town, but i feel I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we try to be generous with our money, but mm -hmm. I think that's the easy thing to do. Right. Um, and so, as I told you, I'm slowing down my career. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Carrie and I have been involved with at Victory Point is the gateway ministry. Mm. And so, you know, how do you come alongside people? How do you help yep. make transitions is really, really difficult for me just with my personality, but, um, mm. you know, I think we're doing a good job. And, mm. um, so it's, that's another way to, to give back. Well, one of your treasures is your time. Yeah. And that's a way of giving of another commodity that's very valuable. Right. And then I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but there's an opportunity to do some pro bono work for the Afghan refugees that are resettling in West Michigan and just helping them through the, the process. So, mm. I'm hoping that pans out, and in the new year, I'll be doing some free work to help people that I believe we should help. Using your expertise in, in law? Yeah. I mean, I'm a patent lawyer, so I have no knowledge of immigration law, but right. I can learn. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we all have different treasures, right? There are different things that are valuable to, to each of us, and I just see this as a great lesson how can we take whatever it is that God has given us and open those treasures and offer them back to Christ in some way? Yeah. So the other thing that, that kind of jumped out to me is most of these have been talking about Jesus' second coming. This is really talking about his first coming. That's right. Um, and so that was one of the themes that I think we'll, we'll weave together through yes. all of these. Um, and then just in, in Micah, 
in verse 6, it says, out of you shall become a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Mm. And I don't know, I, I like that word shepherd, you mm-hmm. know, coming alongside and helping to guide and keep mm-hmm. safe. And and it's cool to see here that it is in Micah, it was the prophet Micah who prophesied that this shepherd would come out of Bethlehem. Yeah. You know, so when Herod called all of the teachers of the law around and like, hey, so where's this king of the Jews supposed to come out of? And they're like, well, Bethlehem. They knew the word. Which makes it even more shocking that 30 years later, people rejected him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of mind-blowing because you've got this once-in-a-lifetime thing that happens that everybody seems to know about, and then it all gets forgotten in 30 years when they finally have to come to grips with who he is. Right. Well, as we wrap up this passage, the thought occurred to me, I'm a worship leader, so I think a lot about worship, and when I read, I'm always kind of looking, where, where is worship happening, and, and what does the Bible tell us that worship is? And I don't know if you were around last fall, I think it was just over a year ago, that I, I preached on worship, and how the literal translation of the Old Testament word and the New Testament word for worship is to bow down or to lie prostrate. When the wise men bow before Jesus, that's the first time that the word worship shows up in the New Testament. Wow. And I just think that's cool. So when they bowed and worshiped, it's a picture of what worship is. And I've kind of come up with my own little definition. I mean, worship is much broader than this, but I like the definition. It's worship is getting low in the presence of a holy God. And that's what the Magi were doing. They, They got low. And they bowed before this infant king, and it's a great model for us, too. So one of my former pastors, you know, you were, you're always talking about what do you think it'll be like in heaven. Yeah. And uh, he said this probably in a joking way, but he says, well, I, I think I'm going to spend the first hundred years or so just on my face in worship, <laughs> and then maybe I can step up and take a look around. After, after a hundred years? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And that really speaks to that person's sense of God's awesomeness, that that would be his reaction. Right. Because I've never thought that until he did. And then it's kind of like, well, that's probably a good way to think about it. And it makes me think of the song, I Can Only Imagine, too. Will I bow in your presence at your feet? Will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I love that song. Yep. Bart Millard, who wrote that, I think he has a a healthy anticipation of what heaven will be like. Yeah. All right, friends, God bless you all. And we will talk to you tomorrow for our last podcast of the week. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.